You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. TGIF, and welcome to the show. Gang is all here. Glad you are as well. Got a lot of stuff to talk about as we enter the final four weekend. Did UAB get hosed last night? I know Lars thinks so. And so does uh, AL.com columnist Joseph Goodman. I'm pretty sure they did too. Two horrible three-point buzzer shots. I mean, uh, 30-second clock shots. I don't know why I get those confused. Anyway, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Beautiful Friday afternoon in Alabama. Don't yeah, know. doing great. Doing great, Matt. Um, you know, my morning routine is almost the same all the time, and that is uh, I get up like at 6 and just start writing, writing, writing. Uh, my next book, uh, the manuscript, is allegedly due on Monday, and so I got a long weekend ahead of me. I still got about 20,000 words I need to crank out. 20,000? So. I don't think I'll say 20,000 words over the weekend. <laughs> I know. I'm a little behind schedule. That's what I meant. I'm not going to have it in by Monday. Kristen, uh, you have big plans for the weekend? Uh, Working on your house? Well, luckily that's finally uh, coming to a close, which is which is nice. But uh, my brother's birthday is this weekend, so uh, I'll probably get to you know celebrate with him a little bit. Maybe go out to eat, do some things. So um, he's turning the big thirty, so uh, that's a big birthday. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably be uh, with my family a little bit. Oh, that's, that's I remember. Oh, sorry, Matt. I was going to say my 30th birthday was uh, one of my favorites. I was living in New York and I just gathered all of my closest friends and we went to um, a uh, what are they, one of the oldest steakhouses in New York. And I think uh, we ran up, you know, a sizable bill. But um, it's just so much fun. That was my favorite thing in New York was to go to a really, really nice restaurant and make it an experience, right? Like uh, like a three-hour, you know, conversation slash meal, just slash uh, good time. And so I don't know, Christian. Do you like if you could if you could go anywhere for your birthday, where would it be? Um, anywhere that sells fried shrimp. Uh, that's, man, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, well, you're South Carolina guy, man. You'll eat shrimp all day long. Through, through and through, man. I mean, because my, my thing is, I mean, I know restaurants, I know you just mentioned steakhouses, Lars, and, and they're great, but I like to grill. If it's me, I'll just, you know, throw a steak on the grill. You know, fried shrimp, I don't ever really cook that myself. So I'd, I'd love some fried shrimp. Um, or honestly, you know, it's, I really, I, I do a lot of cooking at home. I love to grill. You know, my best friend Jamie loves to, you know, throw down some nice crawfish. Uh, loves to do a good boil. Might do one today, actually, depending on this weather. But it, honestly, for my birthday, I'd be more than content, you know, throwing down on the grill, having some shrimp, doing a nice little low country boil or some craw, uh, some crawfish, you know, get get the chicken and the steak on the grill. That That's my type of day. I'd, I'd be more than happy. What about you, man? Yeah. Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, do you remember what you did for your 30th birthday? Yeah, I had a pie smashed in my face in the television newsroom. 
<laughs> I mean, that crap went everywhere. It was, I was getting it out of my ears. Because uh, I think I got several, all, all sides of my face. But um, I still hope and, and think that that was done in friendship and not because they just didn't like me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, what, one other question about food. We'll get to UAB. Do Christian, do you make your own sauce for your shrimp? I do. I do not. You know, I'll be honest. Um, when I eat it, like fried shrimp, I, you know, I just it's like ketchup. I almost treated like they're nuggets, man. I mean, it's it's kind of a funny thing. I don't. I don't know what it is about. Fr- now, it's not just fried shrimp because you know my mom's Italian. She used to make like shrimp linguine. I, I love shrimp that's you know buttered, oh, yeah. buttered and garlic. So I, it's really all type of shrimp. So, um, but no, I do not make my own sauce. I'll be honest. I actually, I'm not a huge cocktail shrimp guy. Believe it or not, I know I love shrimp. I'm not either. But yeah, but that's the only type of shrimp I, I kind of, I'm not the, the highest on is cocktail shrimp. Well, we need to get Bubba to talk about the many ways you can prepare shrimp. You remember that in Forrest Gump? Anyway, one other question <laughs> for Lars on food. And have you ever had a true South Carolina low country bull? No. I, I, I honestly, I don't even know what that what that is, Christian. All right, Christian, you gotta have to please let's let's inform poor Lars here. I mean, I, I can show him better than I can tell him. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, is if you if you do you like seafood, Lars? Uh, as long as it doesn't taste like fish, yes. What does that mean? I mean, <laughs> there's not really fish in this I, I low like country shrimp. bowl, so I mean, I, no, you, I, I like shrimp. I like uh, mahi mahi. I like you know a mild like white fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like oysters. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like every. I don't like. Uh, well, catfish isn't really a seafood, right? But uh, love, yeah. love catfish. I'll say. I mean, look. I, look, look. I mean, if you've ever, you've been in a, you, great tartar sauce. Oh, it's oh, yeah. phenomenal. I mean, Lars, you've been in Alabama. I mean, have you you've experienced you know a crawfish bowl, right? Yes, yeah. Or at least seen it. Yeah. Okay, there's that's a good start. Yeah, so I mean imagine that, but you know, South Carolina we focus more on the shrimp. It has some crab legs in there. I mean people do boil crawfish, but ours is our staple's more of like that shrimp with some crab legs in it. That would be but but then again, the same assortment of, you know, corn, potato, sausage, man. I mean just golly, man, Lars, you just have to try it. It's so good. It, yeah, it's very relatable to the crawfish bowl. Yeah, the corn, sausage. Potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, oh, that and good. it's an all day affair, and you just keep getting more and more. Another long neck, more and more. Another long neck. So, yep. um, I, I, wow. I haven't I haven't eaten yet today, and now you guys have my mouth watering. And by the way, for the record, guys, my brother can recite that Bubba line from Forrest Gump, where all the different kinds of shrimp and how you can cook it. <laughs> and uh, maybe we can get Joe to play that. For I us. would love that. I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, brawl it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, <laughs> shrimp and potatoes. Shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's that's about it. <laughs> and I love Joe Gaither. Your timing. Forrest is just riveted, right? <laughs> the whole time. Oh, it's such a great segment in the movie. 
Yeah, it, it really is. All right, uh, Lars, take off on uh, what you saw last night in Las Vegas. I saw two evenly matched teams, and uh, that's what we expected, right? This is uh, this is round four uh, between North Texas and UAB. Uh, with North Texas winning the first two, UAB winning in the in the Conference USA tournament, and it was a back and forth sort of. North Texas took the lead. And it looked like it took the lead early. UAB went on a, a run. I think it was like twelve nothing, and and uh, really the game was decided in my mind. It shifted on. Uh, two key possessions and in both of these possessions the clock the shot clock clearly expired i mean it was it, it, clear as day and it's a it's you know christian had been talking about this very issue <laughs> just a few days ago when it pertained to, to alabama it's like why in the world can't you review this I mean, see who gets the rebound. And let's say, like, just only do this for, like, say, the last 10 minutes in a game, right? Especially a, like, a, a, a comp or, a, I mean, it, it, I guess it, you wouldn't call it a national championship game, but a, a tournament championship game. And, um, and, and in, in my view, Matt, once, uh, if it's a controversial call or if it's close, and then the ball misses, and, and see who gets the rebound, and then the ref blows the whistle. We got to review it. And even and then if he Absolutely. makes it, and then if the ball goes in, you blow the whistle. Got to review it. And I agree. Two times, two times that uh, it was clear, clear, clear as day that uh, that that UAB got jobbed, and that a North Texas player. Did not get the ball out of his hands in time. This resulted in five points. I mean, really, it resulted in more uh, based on you know the the how subsequent possessions went. But it, but it, on face value, it resulted in five points for North Texas that the North Texas should not have received, and it, it was just. Uh, Horrible, horrible misses by the refs. I mean, this is uh, the the finals of the NIT. I, I just, uh, I was just baffled because you know, even me uh, laying in bed and watching it, like I can see that it was a shot clock violation. Me too. You could see it from Vestavia, just like me. There's two things I want to point out, and that's uh, how deflating it is to your defense to play a team like North Texas State, who wants to take it to second number 29. That's their whole intent. And you hold out, you don't foul, then they you get the 30-second call you should have, and they don't. And by the way, if you're going to stop the game at any point to check and see if it's a two- or a three-pointer, then you ought to do the same thing for the 30-second clock. Murray Bartow is coming up in just a minute. We'll talk about him. But, Christian, as we go to break, you got any final thoughts here? Uh, I Not caught final. The, well, yeah, well, I caught the end of the game, and uh, I, I'll be honest, man. I, I, I wanted UAB to be able to 
you know, make the comeback or just at least take the lead. And uh, as much as I hear y'all talk about Jelly Walker, I was I just was waiting on him to just take over, do something. But I'll be honest, that dagger by the, uh, that one player from North Texas, I, y'all might know his name, but uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, it, in Jelly Walker's face, it, it was just cold blooded, and uh, you could just tell it kind of sealed the deal. But I mean, it was an amazing True. shot. But and, 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 and Matt, North Texas big man again, right at the shot clock. He like he hits a seventeen footer off the glass. Off the glass. <laughs> a shot that the that, announcers that's what you knew it was not UAB. Yeah, you're right. That that was a telltale sign. Hey, when we get back, we'll talk to former UAB head coach Murray Bartow on Big Noon Sports. From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Game presented by 100.9 Tuscaloosa Weather. A mild and breezy afternoon. The sky mostly cloudy, the high 79. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive mainly after midnight, and those storms could be severe, the low 66. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny with a warm afternoon, the high at 80. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What are the what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big Noon Sports, I'm Matt Coulter along with Christian Miller and Morris Anderson and being joined now by... Former UAB East Tennessee State, UCLA. We all know him, loving from Birmingham, Alabama. Murray Bartow is our coach. Murray, how are you today? I am doing well. Hope you guys are. We are. It's a pretty nice Friday afternoon, but we're all uh, keeping an eye on the weather tonight. Couldn't get severe again, but we've seen this drill. We know what to do, and hopefully the good Lord will smile on us. Murray, uh... I don't know how much you want to uh, criticize officials here. Of course, most basketball coaches make a living at it, so to speak. But two 30-second shot clock, what I uh, I saw as violations in last night's UAB game. Don't know that they necessarily decided it, but, man, they appear to influence it in a great way. Well, and I hate that I can't be more of an expert. I was working last night with my job with the Hornets, and I saw – pieces of the UAB game, but I didn't see it. I, I kind of read about the two calls you're talking about, but I didn't see them. Um, but, but I did hear they were pretty big calls in the course of the game. Yeah, unfortunately they were, um, coach. Can you, <laughs> yeah. can you, um, I, I, I'm interested just, uh, what is a typical day for you when, uh, when, when the season is going on and as your, as your work for, a, a, as a scout? Well, tons of travel, uh, just a lot of travel. I'm down in Fort Myers, Florida today and up until the draft in mid June, you know, it's just, you're you're bouncing around, and uh, I've got to try to have an opinion on any player that will potentially be in this year's draft. And uh, so to do that, obviously, you've got to travel a lot and get around and see a lot of players. So, you know, I, I still do live in Birmingham, but I'm on the road a good bit, just trying to help our scouting staff as we prepare for the 2023 draft. 
we saw and, and coach um just I, i'm excuse me sorry i just want a quick follow-up uh for the draft i know you guys won't have a chance to get this kid but um everybody is talking <laughs> about victor i can't even say his name win binyama yes can is is he truly like a once in a 20 year kind of player i mean the 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 buzz around him is unlike any player that i've heard about since uh lebron james yeah no and i will just speak you know and i said this last time i was with you i'll just speak on my behalf not on our organization's behalf but i've just seen him well i've seen him play twice he was in vegas Early in the season, they played the G League Ignite in a couple exhibition games. And, of course, you had potentially the top two picks in the draft with Victor and then Scoot Henderson of the Ignite potentially could be the top couple picks. So, But he's he's unusual. You know, if you picture, if you go way back and picture a body type of like a, a Ralph Sampson body type, Kevin Durant, Ralph Sampson body type, but he's got a... You know, he's every bit of seven three, seven four. great young kid, they say, and he can really, really shoot the ball. And uh, so he's got perimeter skills, can shoot it, can can defend the rim, block shots. And I have heard other scouts, I'm a very young scout in this business, but I've heard a number of scouts say things like, you know, he's just a generational talent like they've never seen and guys that have been scouting a long time. So... You know, you're always fearful of potential injuries with a player his size if people are playing under him and potentially undercut him or play under him, which everybody does. So that's, you know, that's always a concern, but he's a, he's very unusual. You know, seven four and can really, really shoot the ball. And if you come around the rim, he can alter shots and protect the rim. So, uh, he's a, he's a very interesting player. Coach, they have, uh, you know, Alabama's Brandon Miller is officially declared for the NBA draft, and I think they have him as the number three rated prospect right now. Would you say that he's a lock to go in the top three in the NBA draft? I can't say that. I can, you know, again, I just, I've seen him a lot, and I've watched him, and I've been in a number of their practices. I've been at a lot of games. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, I do think there's a real good chance that. You know, I mean, he's he's really, really talented, and he's a special player. You know, he's so skilled at that size, can handle, can can handle it, can pass it, great feel, can score. You know, really long. Just, I mean, he's really talented. Yeah, I think there's a. I don't want to use the word lock, but I think there's a very, very good chance that he'll be one of the first, certainly one of the first three or four picks in the draft. Murray, I want to go back to UAB. What does getting to the finals in the NIT mean to a basketball team and program? You know, it's a good question. I mean, here's the bottom line. I mean, Andy would tell you this, too. The the bottom line, you're not trying to get to the NIT. You're trying to – there's a big difference in the NCAA tournament and the NIT. You're trying with all you can to get to the NCAA tournament. The problem is – when you're in a when you're in a darn one bid league and you're just going to get that one team and then you've got to go to the tournament and you've got to get a little lucky and win the tournament and uh, Florida Atlantic was able to do that and get the automatic bid. You still had a couple other really really good teams in UAB and North Texas, but 
it was a great run in the NIT to get to the championship game, to get beat in the championship game in a very tight game by a really good team. Um, so it was a great run in the NIT, but I know Andy would tell you too, he'd much prefer being in the NCAA tournament. Uh, coach, when, when you were at uh, UAB from uh, 96 to 2002, what were the biggest challenges in recruiting? And, and I know you can't talk about what uh, Andy Kennedy has to deal with because it's, you know, the landscape has changed, obviously. What, what kind of player were you kind of hoping to zero in on, right? Because the Brandon Millers of the world, you know, frankly, aren't, aren't going to be considering UAB. So what would, how would you go about trying to find that, you know, that, that almost diamond in the rough? Well, it's a good question. I mean, it's a good question. And then you said it, but the landscape has drastically changed now as, it, as compared to when I was coaching. And it's just a, with the portal the way it is now and NIL and everything swirling around, it's just a much, much different game recruiting-wise than it was when I was there. But bottom line, you're just trying to get the best potential player you can get. You certainly don't want to go out and waste time on guys that you can't get. I mean, if, if the kid is top 50 in the country and he's down to Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina and a couple SEC schools, then you don't want to spin your wheels and waste time on a player that you can't get to be in his final six or seven uh, because it doesn't help if you're number two or number three. Obviously, it, it's the only thing that counts is if you get the player. So anyway, I think you can get a really good player at UAB. I think Andy has really focused on the portal, and he's done very, very well using the portal, and I'm sure that's what he'll continue to do. But, you know, when I was at UAB, we were competing at that time in Conference USA against Marquette and Louisville and Cincinnati and Memphis, and it was a lot different league than it is right now. Coach, uh, with Jordan Jelly Walker uh, probably moving on, you know, he was a very effective player at UAB and in college. Do you see that translating to the next level, and, and do you see him having a chance at the, at the next level? You know, I think he'll have an opportunity without any question. You know, he's a he's a guard. He's not very big, but he's got a lot of game. He's got a lot of swagger. He's one of those players, and I say this very uh, in a good way, but he's one of those players when he walks into a gym, he, he's going to know he's the best player in the gym. He's certainly going to think that way. He doesn't care who else is there. He's got that chip. He's got that swagger about him, and he can really score, and he can make hard shots, and he can make deep threes. So I, I'm not sure he'll be drafted. My guess is he might not be, but he'll have an opportunity. You know, there's all kinds of workouts and tryouts, and there's all kinds of different things. So he'll he'll definitely have an opportunity to 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 make a roster, but I'm not sure if it'll be the conventional route of maybe going through the draft. Murray, when you're scouting for Charlotte, uh, is character a part of your assessment? It's a big part of it. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big part of it. You know, we call that intel, and the intel piece is really, really pivotal. And uh, when we're looking at any prospect, uh, the first thing is obviously talent and what he can do on the floor. And then the, the next piece is once we get through that hurdle and see where maybe a player stacks up, 
uh, and possibly what our draft board looks up. Then we look at the intel piece very, very carefully, and we'll go through every guy that's on our board, and we're all assigned different players that we're responsible for from an intel standpoint. And, you know, and obviously the intel is is on the floor and it's off the floor. So the on the the on the floor is very critical. What kind of teammate is he and what kind of work ethic does he have and can you coach him hard and you know, does he want does he love to play and all those things. Then off the floor is very obvious. You know, what's his character like? What's he what's he going to be doing, you know, from midnight on? Is he going to be sleeping or is he going to be doing something different? So you try to do the best you can with the intel, but that's a very, very important piece of what we try to do. And, and, and Coach, I, I know that college basketball isn't the world necessarily that you're floating in right now other than with your scouting. But, uh, you know, Charles Barkley made some pretty powerful comments on 60 Minutes last week when he said that NIL is, is basically going to ruin the game because all the best players are going to go to the biggest schools where get, they're getting the most money. And, uh, you know, it, let's say that UAB discovers a diamond in the rough and he has one great year. And then, you know, the NIL money from Kentucky is offered to him and he's gone. Do you think, one, do you agree with Charles Barkley that uh, the separation between the haves and the have-nots is going to grow because of NIL unless there are guardrails put in place? Well, we could sit here and talk about the next two hours, and Charles is a friend, and I don't want to disagree with Charles, but I, I don't know. I, I just I think it's a it's a kind of a dangerous, slippery road we're on right now. And again, I'm out of it, but I do consistently talk to head coaches. That's part of my job in gaining intel. And so, as I'm talking to these head coaches, we always then will segue into portal and NIL, and it's kind of the combination of the two. And it's just you said guardrails, but at some point they're going to have to reel it reel it in somehow, some way. And I'm not an expert on that. I'm not sure how they're going to reel it back in. But I will say this: if you're a head coach at a major program. One of the key things you've got to know right now, you've got to know what your NIL budget is because, I mean, it's just real. And it's real that these top 100 players are, they're going to ultimately want, they're going to be wanting to hear what your NIL package is that you're going to provide if they come to your school. So it's not a coach whining for money, it's real. And uh, so if you're Andy Kennedy at UAB, you're probably going to need – you're certainly going to need some NIL money as you compete in, in this new conference you're going into. And if you're in the SEC competing at that level, trying to be one of the best four or five teams in that league, you've got to have real NIL money in your budget, and uh, it's just part of the game now. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know where it's heading. I don't know where it's going, but it's a very uh, – if you're a, if you're a college head – head coach now your job really revolves a lot around the portal and, and nil money it just does murray barto thank you so much for your time enjoy your trip get a lot of scouting in and we'll see you when you get back okay guys you guys have a great day 
We will. Good way to start off the show. Talk about shrimp. Talk about basketball. When we get back by oh my of the morning paper. Well, we don't get a morning paper. But when I saw this, I went, you got to be kidding me. That's coming up on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. They love it when I turn up the bass. Welcome back into the program, Big Noon Sports. Friday afternoon, keep an eye on the weather tonight after midnight. Guys, you know, you don't read the paper, and I miss actually, I miss everything but the texture. Newspapers, God, the way they just that really, really cheap pulp paper just actually, ah, I don't know why I took off on that tangent. But uh, instead of that now, I pull up my laptop and start reading. And I saw this one, and I went, really? I don't know if you guys saw this. Christian probably doesn't even remember this guy and the the whole Hoover High School deal. Probably read about it. Rush Probst is back in high school football. He is going to be coaching the Panthers of Pell City. Um, first of all, Christian, you ever heard of this guy? The name Did sounds you? familiar, but I, I don't. No. I don't think I do. Uh, He's an offensive genius. He won four or five uh, state championships at Hoover High School. Just mm-hmm. a really brilliant coach. But off the field, he had issues, uh, including one where I think at one time he had two families. Oh, well, no, I've, I've heard of him. I've heard of him then. I, uh, unfortunately, I think yeah. I've heard of that. But uh, was he the coach when they were doing the show? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what was oh, – God, now y'all have to help me. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was on TV. Yeah. Two days. Yeah, that's it. But um, it ended up he had another family, and guess where? Pell City. So um, the <laughs> Pell City board uh, unanimously voted to extend the offer, and he has accepted. Um, first of all, let, let me just add this, because I know a whole lot about Pell City football. I've covered it since the 80s, and um, they have a very, very proud very proud heritage. Uh, they love, they're, they're one of those, they're like Friday night lights. Everybody in the town is right there at Pell City High School. And, and it's wonderful. But over the past 10, 12 years, they haven't been able to extend it at all. In fact, they've gone backwards to seasons where they just win one or two games. So they needed a guy like that. They thought they'd found him in Steve Mask, who is a Hall of Fame state high school coach, but he wasn't, I think he just finally decided to retire. This is not the way he wanted to go out. Steve's a friend of mine. He's a good guy. But they really, really, this, what this says to me is Pell City is tired of getting stomped on. And they will go to that extreme because it's large. It's a controversial hire any way you look at it. 
Yes, it is very controversial uh, because of Russia's off-the-field, uh, I guess, indiscretions would be a gentle way to put it. But um, you know, back in 2006, I know that we're going back a ways, but I did a, uh, I think it was a six-page story in Sports Illustrated on Hoover High School and their dominance. And um, really the focus of the story was Rush. And so we play, or I'm sorry, uh, I, I essentially shadowed him for, I don't know, a week or so. And, um, you know, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty interesting, like what he did. How, how did he turn Hoover, a, a team that, uh, you know, I think that over the previous few years hadn't had a, uh, a winning record. Um, it was, yeah, from 94 to 98, they only had one winning season. And then once Rush got there, they're suddenly not only the best team in Alabama, they are literally like the best team in the country. And, uh, it was all because of Rush. And, um, he, uh, it, when I was there, uh, 18 of his players had received scholarship offers. 18. I mean, it was unreal the amount of talent, including Josh Chapman, uh, who ended up being Nick Saban's very first recruit, who, by the way, Saban flipped from Auburn to Alabama. Um, got to know Josh really well over the years. He, he appeared on the cover of SI, actually. But, um, yeah, what, what Rush did is uh, he wanted to install the, the Hal Mummy passing attack. And, uh, he, and, and Mummy was coaching Kentucky at the time. So it was basically a wide open, no huddle spread. And, um, and Rush then discovered that, uh, so, so he asked Mummy if I can shadow you, right, during spring. But the thing is, Rush had already been hired by Hoover. And so he needed to be in, at, at Hoover for football practice. Well, guess what? A uh, Hoover alum had a plane. So every day, <laughs> more than a dozen times during a four-week span, that plane took Rush to Lexington, Kentucky. Really? 411 miles away, and Rush would watch Hal Mummy, right? And and that, that showed Rush, and I think it, it also reveals a larger point, just how much the people in Hoover care about football, how, how the community is rooted in football, right? And you remember who the offensive coordinator was at Kentucky that time? Mike Leach. And so, so Rush just got a first hand look at what would become an offense that really would become the future of college football. And, and so Rush was able to install that at Hoover almost before it became the rage throughout college football. So I think just when it comes to the football side of it, uh, Matt, like Rush is like borderline, I wouldn't say genius. He's just, he's a really good football coach. And he so, is. So, so the question becomes then, like, at what cost are you willing, or how much are you willing to overlook to get uh, in the personal side to get the professional side of Rush Probes? Well, unanimous vote takes care of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll be in for spring practice. 
And he's going to have to get some thoroughbreds in there because, hey, guys, uh, Christian, you can address this. You run those offenses. I know you're a defensive guy, but you run those offenses. You can't just do it with any players. You have to have a guy like John Parker Wilson, a quarterback, which guess what? He was at Hoover. Uh, you got to have guys like Chad Jackson. Uh, isn't that Ochoche or whatever they call that guy? The wide receiver? Uh, yeah. He, uh, Ocho Cinco or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But you got to have guys <laughs> like him, uh, cause you, you can't, uh, what's the word? I mean, you can't enter a donkey in the, in the Kentucky Derby. And, um, mm. they got to get really good players. And I don't know if you can, nothing against Pell City. Are they there? But, Talent's going to make a coach, I guess, is what I'm saying, Christian. Yeah, I mean, and, and you hear even the best coaches say that. I mean, Coach Saban, obviously, we, we respect him as a, as a coach. Everyone does. Um, but he'll be the first one to tell you that, you know, he can't do his job without um, the players and, and all their efforts. So same thing applies in high school. I guess the difference is I, I don't know how it works. I know, I know there's, you know, situations where uh, – Somehow they quote unquote recruit kids to schools. I don't know how it works because when I was in high school, we had zoning principles. Um, so we couldn't just pick and choose, but there were situations where some of the private schools were able to offer scholarships to guys. Um, again, I'm not too familiar with that, but, um, yeah, I'm sure if he can find some decent quality players, I don't necessarily know his scheme. I don't know enough about him, but I will say, like, like you made a great point, Matt. I mean, um, you have to have the right guys for your system. And, um, if he can do that, sounds like he gives them a good chance to win because they really wanted this guy. I mean, again, it was unanimous vote and superintendent it even said, you know, when his name came up, you know, he was all in on him. He knew there'd be a little negativity attached to it, but, they wanted a guy that they felt would put them in the right direction for the things they wanted to accomplish. And, and basically he said they were willing to go through what they had to, to go through to, to get that done. And, um, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, who won five classics, eight titles, um, including four in a row, um, who went 110 and 16 in nine years as a head coach at Hoover. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy obviously knows what he's doing and, uh, he, he's probably going to give them a really good chance at winning. And that's what they wanted from him. So it's, I know it comes with a lot of controversy, but again, like you said, Matt, it was a unanimous vote. So it sounds like the people that's just, that are supporting him truly do support him. And, you know, as long as I guess he can kind of stay out of controversy and help them win, sounds like everybody in that, that area is going to be happy. Matt, yeah, Matt, if they could I'm go sure. 500 this year, they'd be great. Yeah, Lars. Yeah, Matt, I'm, I'm sure you heard the whispers of sort of illegal recruiting. And I was never oh, yeah. able to verify it. And it was not necessarily recruiting, but uh, suddenly uh, the, the best player from a, a school on the other side of town uh, had an apartment in the Hoover School District. <laughs> That's crazy. And you're talking about high school? <laughs> high, kids, yeah. Apartment in, in a high school? Can you hear that? That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and wow. I, you know, I, it's bad to say something like this, but I'm pretty sure it happened. You know? But there, uh, Hoover's not alone in that, and, and I won't go into indicting other programs around the state, but Hoover is not a stranger to having that rumor associated with their football program. I do think, though, and this was in place for many, many years, that when you're an upcoming senior, um, you can go anywhere you want to. Now, somebody might be pulling off the side of the road, getting ready to call our phone number, saying that's not true anymore, but at one time, a player could choose where he wanted to go his senior year in high school. But now it seems to me like you have these guys that are in programs 
and they're there for all four years, and you kind of go, how'd they get there? But uh, ours is not to question why anymore, but I thought that was a very interesting story. And uh, a good friend of mine, Adam Stotts, who used to produce our show back, back, back in the day, um, used to be the mayor there and is the uh, owner of a radio station right there in Pell City, and he does Pell City. Um, I sent him a text this morning going, are you kidding me? Because it's a very, very interesting hire. Although, guys, I think it will also be a successful hire. Everywhere he's gone, he's won. Uh, and, um, in fact, he took a job over in Georgia, the big school over there. I think he went on to win a state championship as well. You're listening to Big Noon Sports when we get back. Uh, got an NFL, though. We'll start there. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move-over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama the Broadcasters Association and this station. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r and Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to r and and see where we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, 
enthusiast and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A mild and breezy afternoon. The sky mostly cloudy, the high 79. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive mainly after midnight, and those storms could be severe, the low 66. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny with a warm afternoon, the high at 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Christian Miller. Another, uh, Topic today is coming out of uh, Georgia slash the NFL. That's Jalen Carter. We all know the tragic automobile accident he was involved in back on January 15th following the national championship for the Bulldogs. Since then, um, it's been kind of raining on Jalen Carter. He's been charged with some misdemeanors in, um, in relationship to that automobile accident. Now the NFL guys are digging deeper and they're they have more character issues, if you will. Kirsten, I wanted you to evaluate him as a player, and had you heard any of the fact that his stock was dropping in the draft? Um, I'll be honest, Matt. I mean, I haven't really watched a whole lot of him. I'd have to do that, then give you a more detailed breakdown. But from what I've seen out of him, you're talking about a, a big, long defensive tackle that that is extremely disruptive, um, extremely strong at the point of attack, and can uh, rush the passer, but. You know, really just, you know, you see him stand out in terms of just, you know, just at the point of attack, he's just so strong. You know, you put him in the middle and he, he's such a great um, disruptive force up front. Um, but in terms of his character off the field, I mean, I mean, I hate talking about a guy's character without knowing him. I've never had a conversation with him. I don't I never, want you to if you're not, not comfortable, obviously. Yeah, you know, I, but I mean, from what I'm reading, I mean, I, I know, he, um, you know, he was involved in, in that fatal crash some in some way or fashion um, that took the life of a Georgia staffer and one of his teammates. Um, allegedly, they, they could have potentially been racing, and, and that's why he was flown home from the, the combine to, to go back and, um, I guess, um, handle that situation. So that that definitely is not a great look. Um but it's one of those things where, if I was reading this correctly, I think the Las Vegas Raiders were one of the teams that took him off their board. And, you know, realistically, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, they've struggled with a couple of their recent draft picks. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, one of my former teammates, um, Henry Ruggs, you know, the, the situation that he was involved in. And then Damon Arnett, a defensive back that they had selected, um, also, um, you know, has, has, you know, has faced some legal issues off the field. So with that being said, it makes a lot of sense for a team like that to, to maybe take this guy off their board. But, um, it, you know, it's just tough to say. I mean, I, basically, I, I think a team definitely still is going to you know draft the guy and, and give him a shot. Just one of those things that as more uh, quote-unquote red flags kind of come up, it just makes it harder for a team to really, you know, uh, take a guy like that because at what point is he worth the, the risk or the headache 
Um, but again, without me speaking to him and really knowing him, I, I don't want to characterize him as that. I can just go off of, you know, the guy was arrested. I can understand how that would come up, but people do make mistakes. You know, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, but my advice to him would be, Hey man, you know, now is the time, you, you know, to, to get your ducks in a row. You have a tremendous opportunity at your hands, you know, stay out of trouble, stay out of the way, you know, just always do the right thing and, and just prove, prove these people that are saying that you're uh, a characterist, prove them wrong. You know, you know, be the best human being you can, you can be, be the best teammate you can be. Um, and moving forward, that's all you can do. You know, you can't go back and fix your mistakes, but you can learn from them and you can demonstrate um, that you have learned from them moving forward. So that, that would be my advice to him because um, clearly the guy is a phenomenal football player. It's just a matter of, um, you know, staying clean and staying out of trouble off the field. Hey, good answer. Good answer. All right, uh, coming up next hour, Mick Gillespie will join us from somewhere along the Alabama coast. We some often we don't know. Uh, we'll talk. We got to talk about Alabama spring practice, guys. Uh, they've gotten five in now. Nick Saban, uh, according to quotes I read this morning, is not exactly overwhelmed. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up on Big Noon Sports. seen their clothing around town on game days. Check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Biore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama the Broadcasters Association and this station. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. 
Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOM. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ADA, and this station. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. We enter hour number two on this, this really nice Friday afternoon. Keep an eye on the weather tonight, folks. I know you will. Keep listening to the guy you just heard from in Tuscaloosa. That's James Mann. Uh, joining us on Big Noon Sports right now is Corey Miller. That's Christian's papa and nine-year veteran of the trenches in the NFL. First of all, how you doing? And what's it like to be the beat writer for South Carolina women's basketball? <laughs> hey, listen, man, you know, I could do a lot worse things, right? If I was a beat writer covering that team, I'm doing pretty good because I got a lot of positive things. But uh, I'm excited to be on the basketball team. It'll be a really great challenge tonight and, you know, one. 41 in a row, so we look at the 42. Yeah, exactly right. And uh want to get you on here to, to give us your little analysis, because I know you're a big fan of them. You keep up with them. And we were talking yesterday um, about Caitlin Clark. Matter of fact, I'm glad her name just popped up on the TV right here, because I was drawing a blank, and it literally just came up. Um, you yeah. know, obviously one of the you know most dynamic women's basketball players in the country, if not the most dynamic. She was awarded that award. Um, how do you see her matching up against, you know, South Carolina women's basketball, um, you know, coached by D. Don Staley, the phenomenal basketball coach, um, again, an undefeated team. How do you see Caitlin Clark, uh, the nation's best player, matching up against the nation's best women's basketball team? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, people have been wanting this matchup for a lot of years, right? Clark and I, a couple of years ago, had a chance to, to meet South Carolina, but they end up losing of the round before, but now it's going to happen. Everybody's going to talk about it. You know, South Carolina have played across the last year, because the year defensive player of the year last year, and defensive player of the year this year. So she got so deep, uh, and they played against excellent talent. Uh, been in the SEC, a lot of basketball players, uh, against last week, against Maryland. I find we'll do is a brief, uh, Hall is a, Bill, excuse me, is one of the best defensive players in the country. She was up for defensive player of the year. Uh, going to start with her on her, and they just got to wear down. I mean, you, you excellent basketball player, one players, they're going to take shots, don't get lucky, but you got to limit uh, those plays. And I think what they do, 
is for. She can defend on the amateur. They'll put her on her, you know, so a lot person. I think they'll try to work down. Um, and hopefully, hopefully that they'll try to do too much because sometimes when you, these types of games, you know, everybody's watching. You know, the player tries to do too much. But South Carolina is very good defensively. That's, uh, they kind of remember about a fact. And really, you know, they're very athletic. They're long. Um, they play fast transition. Um, but I think overall, uh, South Carolina will win this game just because, uh, you know, they're deep. They got too deep. They played nine, ten players. And, uh, that's what they try to do. Hopefully get people tired. But Caitlin Clark is phenomenal. She should have won the play of this year. Uh, right. You know, you deserve. And, uh, it's going to be fun. I want to be a great team against one of the best in the country. Uh, hey guys, we're going to have to make a program call here. Uh, Joe, could you redial? Because if I'm getting the, the same kind of connection that y'all are, uh, the call with, uh, Corey is, is breaking up significantly. So maybe we just do the old reboot here and that'll work. But Lars, I will ask you, um, what do you think? I, as much as I like Caitlin Clark and watching her play, I don't think anybody stands in front of the Lady Gamecocks. Yeah, uh, I don't either. This team is a, a juggernaut and reminds me of those great UConn teams uh, with, you know, Sue Bird, Rebecca Lobo, um, Diana Tarazi, uh, that, that just were untouchable. Like it was, it was UConn and then it was everybody else. I mean, it, it was a matter of is UConn going to win by 25 or 35 every single night? And I'll say that Caitlin Clark, I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, and I didn't mention it. She – the best female player I've ever seen with my own eyes is Diana Tarazi. And uh, I was – I, I spent time with Diana when uh, she was in stores and uh even played a little uh little game of pig with her and hey it's like the only time i've been beaten in pig all right diana tarazi whoop. you hadn't played near christian <laughs> it, but but she I, I i don't want this to sound bad she played like a really good guy i mean and she still does she she is an amazing player. She's just got like this this instinct on the court that that can't be taught. And and, and Caitlin has that same sort of gene. Do you, do you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I do. But we've uh, we've got Corey Miller back on, so let's see if we can't continue our thoughts. The question I just asked Lars Corey was: um, as much as I like Caitlin Clark, and man, she's just so skilled in every area of basketball. Um, I think your Lady Gamecocks are still the team to beat here. Yeah, did you see those odd guys? By the way, Lars, I've I never lost in pig either. Maybe a horse, but not pig. Nah, that's a lot. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, whoa, uh, whoa. We all, I was about to say, I, I beat you before. Yeah, we need, we need Christian to fact check that. Yeah, I, 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 I remember <laughs> okay. specifically winning the game at my house back in South Carolina between him and my brother, and they both played basketball. I never played a lick of basketball, um, and I remember I won that game, and they actually both were surprised. So I, I specifically remember winning that. So you lost in one, 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 one out of One out of a bunch that you lost. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, let me go. Um, let me, 
let me answer this question that Matt said, though. But South Carolina is a team to be, guys. I mean, you think about the odds that came out. I mean, it was like 49 point something percent uh, against the field, right? And um, that's, that's phenomenal odds. And I think if you look at South Carolina, they got everything. I mean, they're not a great outside shooting team. But if they are able to make some threes and make teams stop packing the zone, then those bigs, I mean, they bring in Cordoso. She's six seven off the bench. She was a sixth woman of the year in the SEC. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, again, phenomenal footwork. She's good at the basket. Um, offensive rebound. They just do everything very, very well. And, and, again, I talked about the depth. I don't know if you guys heard me earlier, but the depth, they play nine players. So they're able to wear teams down. So I think South Carolina uh, definitely is the favorite in this ball game. I think they are favored by 11 and a half points. Um, and I think they should win. But, again, you have upsets. You know, things happen. Um, but right now, this team is on a mission. Um, this freshman class that's now seniors has been phenomenal. They only lost six or seven games in that entire career. Kind of sounds like people people that play ball at Alabama football, right? <laughs> they don't lose too much. And, and so, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those games. I mean, it's going to be hyped up. Everybody's going to talk about Caitlin Clark and can she do enough to will her team uh, to a victory? I, I just don't think so. I think in the end, the fourth quarter, with the defensive player of South Carolina, the length, the depth, uh, they're just too good. I think they'll find a way to win this game. Yeah, uh, Corey, uh, whenever I need information on South Carolina women's basketball, you are the Twitter handle that I go to. <laughs> no one tweets, in, in, in the, of all the people I follow, no one tweets about South Carolina women's basketball more than you, and you do a really good job about it. So what I wanted to ask you is, one, and these are complicated questions, but one, how has Don Staley been able to build the empire and then, to, obviously, through recruiting, but there's other elements to it. And, and two, do you think Don Staley should get a chance to be a head coach in the NBA? Hmm. Well, um, that's, I mean, she could, no doubt. I mean, you think about being an Olympic coach and, and winning. Um, there's no doubt she knows the game and, and is a great motivator. Uh, I don't know if that she should. Um I know she's not going to the WNBA because she can't make the money that she's making at South Carolina over $3 million. So I know she's not moving for that. But, yes, she could uh, if she chose to. I think she could be a coach. In the NBA, I mean, you got to ask yourself, the NBA, are there really that much coaching that takes place? I mean, it's kind of like picking roles on the offense they run. <laughs> you and I might probably can do that. Can we keep these, these athletes uh motivate them and keep them together that's that's pretty much all it takes in the nba but but she built this empire by recruiting and uh, she came in and took over this program that wasn't very good with her name you know with her her knowing basketball I and mean, she's a lifer and uh her connections i mean she did pretty well at temple before she came to south carolina although she played at virginia um she just built the recruiting just like anything else you know she got great players she got the number one class again coming in next year um, so she got another really, really talented group of freshmen that's going to be on board. And what she did, does great, Lars, is keeping these girls there. She had one player that transferred out last year and went to NC State, a five-star McDonald's All-American player. But everybody else has stayed, and they have bought into the vision. And, you know, they, they have bought into the process, and we've heard that before. That's a phenomenal coach. And, and so they're staying around. They're saying, hey, we're humbling ourselves. I know we could be a star somewhere else on another team. But we want to stay here. We want to build something special, and 
hang banners in this arena at the Columbia, a Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina, and that's what they've done. And um, and it's just fun to watch, man, when you have great success. And I, I once before I wasn't a fan of women's basketball, but I bring it up, man. They're very fundamentally sound. We have a player that even conducted basketball. So, man, I, I love going to the games and, and cheering on my team. And, heck, if they win tonight, I might be on a flight to go see them or the trophy. Okay, before we let you go, it sounds like you might still be at the beach enjoying that. I'm pretty jealous of you. But... Right now, oh, okay. I'm, I'm making birdies and bars. Yeah, I don't know about that. I believe you're playing <laughs> golf. I don't know. Uh, Why are y'all questioning uh, my skills? So you question me in basketball and Matt and Mark. I'm not. That's No, I am because you like talking a big game on here. I'm just saying I see these things in person. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But before we let you go, and I also want to, uh, uh, first, before I ask this question, give a big thanks to our sponsors over at Good Feet, because you can attest to this, playing football will leave you with all types of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain. But thanks to my friends over at the Good Feet store, I found a new way to eliminate that pain, and you all also have as well, um, uh, to eliminate and alleviate that pain with their premium arch supports, which you now are rocking a pair, probably on the golf course right now. I'm the precision fit for your personal needs, lifestyle, profession, and footwear. I use them for all situations and circumstances in the gym, working out, and like I just mentioned, you're probably wearing them on the golf course right now. It's remarkable the difference they make in such a short period of time. And if you've never experienced them, I highly recommend that you do because it's tried before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. If you like them, you can walk out the store that very same day. So stop, stop into your local Good Feet store today or visit them online to make an appointment at goodfeet.com or head over to Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa today to go ahead and try on those premium art supports. Remember, Good Feet, improving the quality of lives two feet at a time. Um, my last question to you real quick. I'm shifting gears to football. There's a lot of speculation that the Patriots should go after Lamar to try to acquire him. What are your th- thoughts on that? Do you think that would be a good fit, and do you th- actually see that even happening? You know, I don't, you know, Bill Belichick and people like that would say no. Um, Lamar Jackson, though, would definitely make them a true contender to win the AFC East for one and, and, and I think a Super Bowl uh, contender because – you know, they, they're getting some weapons. Matt, you know, Matt Jones is a phenomenal quarterback, but he hasn't had the weapons that he's needed uh, in New England. But when you bring in Lamar Jackson with his ability to run, to extend plays, and just to improvise and, and, and do those types of things, no doubt uh, that that would be a great move. I just don't see that happening. Uh, just don't strike me as someone, Bill Belichick, but, or, or the type of offense that he would like to run with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. But it would be a, a great fit, in my opinion. Now, you know, if, if Robert Kraft says yes, go spend the money, go give him two hundred plus million guaranteed dollars, and and let's go after it. They, you know, I think that AFC East fan will be really, really something to watch with Lamar Jackson. I mean, you think about it. You know, you, you got uh, all these great quarterbacks, and Rodgers probably ended up with the Jets. You got Tua down in Miami. You got Allen in Buffalo. Man, you talking about a phenomenal conference, and and uh, it will be fun to watch. But I do not think uh, that. That's going to happen. I think Lamar Jackson uh, will find somebody maybe, you know, that will be a taker down the road after the draft. I don't think it's going to happen before that. So we're just waiting to see. But you must be a prophet. I will say this because I do have my, my good feet working right now. I got my, my new Brooks shoes that they gave me. I'm playing golf in them and my knees and back. But I just told my friend Steve Lane, who I'm playing with right now, uh, him and his wife are going to good feet. They're going to get them a pair of these things that were found. So uh, it's, it's phenomenal what it's doing to my, my dogs. But these dogs used to bark. But right now they're just they're very awesome, quiet. Man. These dogs are very quiet, bro. Good stuff. Glad to hear it. Thanks, Corey. Yep, absolutely. Hey, man, you guys have a great weekend. And this time, instead of road tide, it's go freaking Gamecock. <laughs>
right. Uh, hey, let's talk some Alabama football. We'll do that in depth with Mick Gillespie on the other side of this break. Big noon sport. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mild and breezy afternoon. The sky mostly cloudy, the high 79. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive mainly after midnight, and those storms could be severe, the low 66. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny with a warm afternoon, the high at 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big News Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and joined by the mixer, Mick Gillespie joins us from, I imagine, somewhere around the Gulf Coast of Alabama. In boat or not, we'll find out with seafood and beer in hand. We'll find out in a minute. Mick, how's it going? What you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? No, I'm, I'm actually uh, not too far from you right now. I'm in, um, in Birmingham and getting ready for some baseball to start up. So uh, yesterday did a little boating and, uh, and um, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on with Alabama and also opening day. So there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Are you doing a Barons game? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the the um, they don't start until Thursday. So. Right. But I will be there on Thursday when they start. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mick. Um, let, let's just uh, switch topics a little bit. Final Four. Uh, who do you like to be hoisting the trophy on Monday night? Yeah, I, I think that this is all UConn. And and I'm not saying I want them to win, but I just feel like they're the last team of the really good teams uh, that are, are there. And, they, and we saw them at the beginning of the year. You know, they, they got hot. They blew through the field. They beat Alabama. They beat a lot of good teams. They kind of got that what happens to some really good teams. They, they might have gotten bored, and then the tournament happened, and they've been – just amazing. So, I'd say them, um, and then and then maybe Miami. Whoever wins that game, I think, is going to win the championship. Although, what a great story it would be for um, you know one of you know San Diego State or FAU to win. I mean, that would be just unbelievable. It's something that we haven't seen in college basketball. So. I'm I'm not one of these guys that likes so much turmoil that we don't have number one Alabama in there, but it is what it is, and I think UConn's the team to beat. Mick, I want to shift gears to football real quick. Um, any updates or anything you uh, have you have any word on going on with, with spring ball right now? I know they're probably about what five practices in. Everybody's focused on the quarterback battles, but anything going on? Are you getting any word from that? Yeah, I mean, look at that. You saw the video um, that they put out, and uh, apparently that was a, a Jalen Noro pass, which was uh, which was just awesome, right? So you know, I guess the, the the word is is that the things are going the way that you would expect. Um, 
Gilroe can throw the football. I guess we found that out, which none of us are surprised. Um, but you just got to do it more consistently. But it, th- this is the, a, a really exciting time of year. You know, guys fighting for spots on the offensive line. I think that that's going to be a lot more physical moving forward. Alabama running the ball is going to be um, kind of like when you were there. I think they're going to be a lot more physical, and they're going to run the football a lot more. And that's what this spring camp, I think, is really setting up towards. Who do you see getting a lot of carries in, in what I think is kind of a, it's not brand new, but I agree. They've even recruited offensive linemen to improve their running game. So I think Mick's spot on about Alabama going more to the run. Who's going to get the carries? Well, I mean, we're going to find out, you know, if maybe, you know, maybe Miller, maybe Haynes, the freshman, you know, but I, honestly, I mean, I've always liked, uh, Chase McClellan. I, I, I know that he kind of got sidelined with the injury. You know, last year he came on strong. Roy Dell Williams is someone else that can run the football. That's what these camps are all about, you know, establishing not only who can run and make things happen, but also who can block. Because you know how Nick Saban is about doing all of the other stuff that goes along with being a position player, you know, and a, and a someone that is going to carry the ball. you got to be able to do the other stuff too. So, uh I'm, I'm really excited to see the 8A game just to get an idea of exactly what this is going to look like. But if you said, hey, put your money down, I mean, I would probably start with, with uh, McClellan and then, and then move on to uh, Roy Dell Williams after that and, um, and then maybe one of the super freshmen. I mean, they got two of the four top backs in the country that are coming in as freshmen. Um, you know, Haynes, a, a Georgia legacy, but he came to Alabama – so I'm, I'm thinking he came to Alabama to play some football and run the ball and, and see the field as a freshman. So I'm guessing that we're going to uh, get a good idea of that and see his ability when they take the field and we can all watch. Mick, uh, staying on the offensive side of the ball, who do you think is going to emerge as uh, the number one wide receiver target? Uh, Coach Saban talked yesterday, I believe it was, uh, about Jermaine Burton. Had some nice things to say. He had, you know, also said you still got to develop. But uh, in your estimation, and I know this is just a projection and, 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 and an educated guess, who do you think is going to emerge as the guy for Alabama? Yeah, Ja'Cory uh, Brooks, you know, Isaiah Bond, you know, one of those two guys, the, the num- they, have, they got the number one JUCO transfer, he catches the ball. You know, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to be uh, Brooks. You know, we've been waiting on Brooks to be the guy, and we've seen it. You know, like he's made some really big plays, and he's made some great catches, but it, it, there's times in the game where he disappears, you know, so maybe him – uh, I love Isaiah Bantu and his ability to jump and catch the ball and, and, and what he can do once he has the ball in his hand. Um, so I'm guessing, you know, you're kind of looking at either one of those two guys right there. But uh, you, when you have the opportunity to leave and you decide to come back, like Jermaine Burton, you got a lot to prove. You're trying to get your, your, your draft status. You don't want to make a mistake um, and, and, and leave early. And if, and if you stay – you want to take advantage of the opportunity. So maybe him. We, you know, remember at the end of last year, he really started to come out of, uh, of you know, his funk, and he started to become someone that was counted on. He made some really big catches in the last three games. 
And, you know, when Saban's talking about somebody, normally there's a reason why. Um, you know, he, it's not like he runs out and praises everybody all the time. So uh, I, that's an indicator, too. And, and he's the piece that we didn't have last year. We didn't have that, uh, you know, that, that, that veteran wide receiver because they all left. They all got drafted. So, uh, you know, maybe it's him. Mick, and I don't know if you, you know, watch around the SEC right now during spring, but even just based off of last year, you know, going into this upcoming season, what, what, what teams do you think Alabama, I wouldn't have to say, you know, would worry about, and obviously we want to focus on ourselves, but what other SEC teams, um, might Alabama be facing that you feel like, um, should be a team to consider, a team to watch out for? You know, obviously you got Georgia, uh, right, but maybe specifically the SEC West, somebody that they got on their schedule, um, that you think they should kind of have their eyes on? Yeah, they, uh, easy. The SEC West champ from last year, LSU. And I felt like LSU last year was a team that got lucky uh, at times, but but they improved. They looked like a, a, a well-coached football team for the first time in a long time to me. Um, you know, I felt like they won sometimes despite coaching in the past because of talent. But Brian Kelly's really good. And I, I think that LSU's back. I mean, not that they really went anywhere. I mean, they won the championship in 2019. But I think that, that they're a team that Alabama's really going to have to reckon with. So I would put them at the top. And then the other team that still has a little ways to go, but I hate to say it, it's going to get better. And that's Auburn because of Q Freeze. You know, it's like, it, 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 it just, it's just going to happen. You know, they're going to go out and get players. Guy knows how to coach. Um, you know, we saw what he did at Ole Miss and at Liberty. So I don't know that it's right now, but it's it's coming it's coming soon where Auburn's actually going to be pretty good again. Well, it hasn't stopped Hugh Freeze from throwing the first one over the bow when he said he hopes to beat the crap out of Nick Saban. Uh, we may <laughs> touch on that on the other side of this break. Hey, can you hang around, talk a little baseball? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that on the other side of the break on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Our guest on Big Noon Sports. We appreciate him joining us. Hey, Matt, you know how a big Braves fan I am. Braves opened up with a win um, at Nationals Park, 7-2. Darno went 4-5. for five. He had a great start. Any other uh, opening day performances that uh, jumped out of your, in your opinion? Yeah, Dansby Swanson, your old guy. Uh, how about his uh, debut for the Cubs yesterday? I mean, is he going to go three for four every night? You know, I I was kind of, and, and I don't know that it's going to be a good long term hire, uh, you know, signing for the Cubs. But people around here know Dansby. You know, he played at Vanderbilt, and then he was a star on the World Series team. He looked pretty good yesterday. 
um, and and kind of weird in a Cubs uniform. But and I thought that was yeah. a performance that was uh, the kind of just. I don't know. I mean, I just think of him as a as a as a brace, you know. But he's now a Cubs. So he did pretty good in his debut. I apologize. I was on mute. I apologize. I was on mute. Mick, Aaron Judge went uh, yard in game one. He hit 62 last year. Do you think he can approach Bonds' record of 73 this year? Well, no, I don't. Um, and, and, you know, look, Bonds was on steroids. And, and the thing that steroids do it, it is that it gives you the ability to bounce back when you're tired. You know, that's one of the things. I mean, forget about the, the, the strength, the superhuman strength, but also just when you're tired, you're able to bounce back. And he was tired last year. I mean, when he came down the stretch run, um, he ran out of gas, and he's a big, strong guy. The division's going to be tough. I think Baltimore's going to be a really good team this year. I would not be surprised if they don't win this division, which is kind of crazy when you're talking about all the money that the Yankees have and the Red Sox. And, but the Orioles are really good. It's, and, and Toronto's a team that could win the World Series, and they're in that division. So uh, I just don't think that he'll be able to, uh, to duplicate what he did last year, uh, let alone hit 73. All right, Mick, I, uh, I guess I'm now going to start keeping up with baseball a little bit more, and I've decided I have to settle on a team. I, I grew up kind of watching the Yankees here and there because my grandfather's from up north in uh, New York. He was a big, big-time big Yankees fan. But I'm from South Carolina, and I, I reside here in Alabama now, so I'm just going to go with the Braves. It's going to be my team. Give me a 30-second elevator pitch on what to expect from the Braves <laughs> and, and, and why I should be excited to be a Braves fan. Oh, man, look, I, I think you should be excited to be a Braves fan because they have one of the best franchises in in sports. I mean, the, the the way that they have been able to just move guys in the spots, you lose Dansby Swanson, you just put another guy right into that area. Ozzy Albies is a great player. Uh, Ronald Acuna is a great player. Um, you've got pitching. You know, you, you're talking about a team that is contending for a World Series every single year, right? Uh, I, I like, look, uh, oh, Matt Olson at first base can play. This is this is a team that is going to be in contention for the next five, ten years. And so I would say that if you were picking a team, not only are they local, you know, win in Rome, right? Uh, they're going to be fun to watch because they're going to win a lot of games. Just need to make sure we're real consistent and stay away from injuries on the hill. Uh, that, that's, yeah, you know, but you know what? That, that's, that's true for every team in the league, isn't it? Uh, I'm worried about Max Fried. Did you hear anything? Did he pull a hammy? I hadn't heard anything yeah. yet. Yeah, I haven't. But you know what I was thinking about talking about how good the Braves are and why they're so good? Christian Pache got traded. I don't, you remember him? He was like one of their top prospects. He, they traded him to the A's. An outfielder and then, and then the A's just traded them. And so what make the Braves so good is that they're able to self evaluate within their organization to figure out who can really play and who can't. And as soon as they realize that someone isn't going to help them, uh, they either don't sign them or they trade them. You know, guys like, you know, Jason Hayward, you know, and, and, uh, like Christian Pache, you know, here's, they got a lot for him. 
And we're finding out that, you know, maybe the hype that all of the publications had and as him one of the best prospects in baseball, that he really wasn't that good, you know. that That's what makes the Braves an organization that is different than a lot because you get these scouts and these front office guys and they want to fight so hard to keep, uh, you know, to, to put a tag on a player and say, well, because we drafted him and we paid him, that they have to be able to play the great organization uh, the Dodgers are like this too. If what they figure it out and they're honest about the talent they have, and then they they move those guys out while there's still value for them. So I, I saw that the other day, and I thought, you know what? Typical Braves, you know, when they're ready to when they're trading you someone, normally there's a reason why. Mick, um, other than your beloved Atlanta Braves. What uh, he's a Cubs guy. He's a oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm to stop you now because yep, he's a that's Cubs my bad. guy. My Those bad. Those are fat <laughs> words in baseball. Not my bad. Gosh, I already screwed this question up. Other than the Cubs, what fan base do you respect the most in Major League Baseball? And then, other than Alabama, what fan base do you respect the most in the SEC? Oh, this is a great question. Look, if I wasn't if I hadn't have grown up uh, in Baltimore to hate the Yankees, I think that I would I would love to be a Yankees fan. I love the tradition of baseball. Um, it, I love Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. Hey, Mick, and Mick, I'm a Yankee guy. We got plenty of room for you. Come on board, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it could ever happen, but I just you know as, as I do my baseball broadcast, there's so many times where I talk about. Yankee history, you know, because of the Lou Gehrig's and the Mickey Mantles and the Joe DiMaggio's and Derek Jeter, you know, they're, they're just, that franchise is like Alabama football. You know, th- there's not one player that makes the franchise. No one's bigger than the Yankees, which is really cool. And it's like that with Alabama football. No one's bigger than Alabama football. So I, I have a lot of respect. Plus Mel Allen, who, you know, obviously went to Alabama was the voice of the Yankees forever. When I was a kid, I used to watch this date. Uh, I mean, not this date, but um, this week in baseball, and he was the guy on there. You know, I remember him being on TV. He's the best voice ever. So that's why I, one of the reasons I have a passion for play-by-play. College football-wise, uh, probably the fan base that I hate the most, I'd probably have to join them, and that's LSU. You know, they're obnoxious, and they're loud, and they talk smack, and, you know, every time you're around them, you just hate to lose to them because you know that when you lose to them, they're going to rub it in your face. Uh, but at the same time, they're fun. You know, like you'll, get, you'll be at their tailgate and they'll give you a hard time and then they'll hand you a beer and, uh, uh, you know, a gumbo, you know. So I've always enjoyed that part of it. Uh, so I guess that would be the fan base. Plus, you know, win or lose, uh, they're great fans. Like they, they support their team. So I would say uh, LSU was in Bama. You know, I would uh, have to throw the St. Louis Cardinal fan base in there um, as well. Uh, they're probably the most knowledgeable in all of sports. But um, plus, is there a whiter, brighter white in all of sports than the Cardinals? And that logo on the front? Golly. I'm getting fired up already. Hey, Mick, let's get to baseball again next week. Thank you for your time. Safe travels. Hey, Hey, great talking to you guys. Roll time. Indeed. Hey, when we get back, we're going to go a deep dive on it. But, you know, there's some questions uh, that are popping up out of Augusta with the Masters upcoming. 
I thought I might just brush on those very quickly and uh, then finish up with some NFL talk, too. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days. Check out Christopher Mobley on the strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. If you 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A mild and breezy afternoon. The sky mostly cloudy. The high 79. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive mainly after midnight and those storms could be severe. The low 66. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny with a warm afternoon. The high at 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Hey guys, next week is Masters Week. It's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I kind of park myself in front of the television as long as they're airing anything. Even the late night stuff um, <clears throat> on the Golf Channel. It's just, uh, I love the Masters. Now, earlier this week, three-time champion Gary Player came out and said, when he was asked, of the four majors, where would he rank the Masters? And he ranked them four. And I totally understand this because the biggest golf tournament on the planet is the Open. And then the biggest golf tournament in America is the U.S. Open. And then, you know, you the, the PGA and the Masters. And by the way, being ranked fourth is not bad at all of golf tournaments. But um, now he's being lambasted for that. Now, <laughs> guess what? Jack, the official wearer of the most green jackets, has come out and said, yeah, that's but the player is bringing back up is that he can't find a member to play a round of golf with him and his grandsons. Uh, Lars, as you know, you know, they wouldn't even let you and I within four blocks of the Masters with a golf bag. But, and it's tough. It's very tough to play that course. I mean, I think Steve Berger said he's played it twice and it was brilliant. But you have to have a club member to play with you. He hasn't been able to find one. He says it's very, very sad. Um, I just throw those two stories out there, not that necessarily you want to follow up on them, because uh, I know you feel the same way I do about the Masters Championship. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And, um, yeah, no, it, and to me, it's all about family. I've always been jealous. I, I don't know if they do this anymore, but um, I think they do. Among the media members who are covering the Masters, they do a uh, like a lottery, and the Monday after the Masters concludes, uh, there are a certain number of media members. Their names are picked out of a hat that uh, you can go play. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, Teddy Greenstein, who at the time was working for the Chicago Sun Tribune, um, he got to he got to play once, and he just uh, he has held that over my head for years and years. But Teddy and I uh, actually started on the same day at, uh, at 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 SI, and you know he 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 tells me still to this day that his best sporting moment of his life was uh, winning that lottery and being able to play the Masters. What did he shoot? Play Augusta. What did he shoot? I think he he shot he shot really well. I think he shot at like an eighty-one. And they put the pins. They leave the pins in final round placement. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about the Masters uh, or about Augusta, uh, about Augusta. It's that it's not incredibly long. It's just really tight, and yep. so a lot it, of pines. Even if you're not a a big hitter off the tee with your driver, as long as you can hit the ball straight, you can do very well there. I remember uh, Zach Johnson, uh, who uh, won the Masters once, I believe, or maybe twice. I think once. Um, he never reached a par five in two. Because he wasn't a long hitter, but man, he just kept that thing straight and he ended up beating, you know, Tiger Woods because Zach Johnson was more of a, a diminutive, you know, but uh, 
uh, uh, golfer, and and um, and so that that's the beauty of the course. I mean, look, it's always easy to say, hey, if you hit the ball straight, you're going to score well. Well, that's truly the case at Augusta because the, the the fairways, I mean, in some places it feels like they're like, you know, 10 paces wide. It's a really narrow target that you have to hit. And apparently, as Teddy always tells me, he was on that day and he hit those targets. You know, you can hit your targets until five, but that's what will drive me crazy. Yeah. Um Hey, as we wind up the week, I wanted to ask you, Christian, if you've got any insight, because it just seems to be going on way too long. Are the Jets ever going to sign Aaron Rodgers? Is this... How long has this been going on? Two, three weeks? Uh, it's been going on too long. I mean, but the, the thing is, Matt, is, is the, the deal is the, the most uh, critical thing here. I mean, he wants to play for them. The Jets really want him. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Green Bay is more than happy to unload him off on the Jets. Right. The problem is they can't come to an agreement, and rightfully so. I mean, you got Green Bay, who, again, I, I know Aaron Rodgers um, one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. But there's so many other variables here. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's getting older. Um, past couple of years, he, he's been contemplating whether he wants to play or not. Um, so the, the Jets, they, they don't feel like he's worth what the, the uh, Packers are, are asking. And, and rightfully so. You're talking about a, a guy that they're demanding, what, like a couple first-round picks for him. And he's, what, 39, almost 40 years old. Um, and and they, just, they don't have any guarantees on how long they're going to have him. Um, what surprises me is though, they're so set on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you got a guy like Lamar Jackson sitting there who's 26. If you're in, you know, dire need of a quarterback, go get the 26 year old who's been a league MVP, who's got plenty of football left in him. I mean, you pair Lamar Jackson with the, the weapons that the Jets have. I mean, I, I don't know why they're not even trying. To me, that makes no sense. I can't wrap my head around that. I don't want them to that. do that. I don't want him back. Y'all take, well, don't, don't get Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Christian, that is the ultimate head scratcher. They're it going is. after the wrong guy. Absolutely. I mean, they're going after the wrong guy. Like the Aaron Rodgers trade will go down on draft day. Uh, there'll be brass tax time. And I'm guessing that the Jets will end up giving up probably two number twos, uh, for, for Rodgers, which is a lot. It's a lot of draft capital mm-hmm. for a player that you are essentially renting for one year. Yeah. Right. Maybe I mean maybe two, but probably one. And and why not go all in on a 26 year old former MVP um, who apparently, uh, according to various reports, in incredible reports, he's dropped his demand of having his contract fully guaranteed. Yeah. Now, and I don't it, even know if it always was he wanted. Because there's so many different reports, and then he'll say certain things. I don't even think it's necessarily he wanted it all guaranteed. If I, I read something that was saying like there's a certain amount that he wanted guaranteed comparable to, I guess, with, like with, with Deshaun Watson. But still, though, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I, if I'm the Jets, still, Lars, I'm I'm making it work. I'm finding a way to make it work because, again, they have a young team. They have a lot of young talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Why would you not go pair him with that? To me, I, again, I, I'm with you both. Like, I don't see why. They do. They don't just do that. But instead, they're so set on Aaron Rodgers. And and you're right. They probably will end up making it work. They'll probably end up finding some middle ground. But there's a lot of negotiations because they right now are not even close. It sounds like. But again, Lamar Jackson sitting there, guys. What are you doing, Christian? What's your best guess of where Lamar Jackson will end up? 
It's tough to say. I mean, I know I asked my dad about New England. I just I don't necessarily see that being a great fit. That's why I wanted his thoughts on it. But again, um, football teams can make make guys work. I mean, you, you can work around guys. You can get the right personnel, and and then you can change some things schematically to, to to make you know things work for a guy that you really have your eyes on. To answer your question, Lars, it's really tough to say. Something tells me. And I don't know if it's irreparable at this point, but I almost feel like he should just find his way back to Baltimore. But I'm worried. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. It's going to be the Ravens. I feel like it it might be them, but as time goes on and more reports start coming out and and things are being said, I'm I'm worried that it's coming becoming irreparable. And I hope that's not the case because I I genuinely feel like the Ravens are a great fit for him. Um, But. I guess time will tell, but realistically, man, I, I, I would not be shocked if another team finally, um, you know, goes and, 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 you know, pulls the trigger on Lamar Jackson. But again, I think what they're doing is they're holding out because they're, they're saying, Hey, maybe we can find a way to kind of get them a little bit cheaper, a little bit cheaper. Um, but I think once that, that value or that price, you know, diminishes just a little bit, I think we'll start seeing teams kind of come out of the woodwork and start putting up offers for Lamar. All right, guys. <clears throat> great show. Great week. I want to end in the vein of saving the best for last. Yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of the day we lost Mal Moore. And I know he came, he was before Christian, but I'm sure Christian worked out in his facility. But Lars and I were very, very fortunate to have known the man, and I have the highest respect in the world for him and just consider myself such a blessed person to uh, have known Mal Moore, a guy that always was busy but never too busy to take time for me for Lars and many others y'all have a great weekend see ya you've probably seen their